0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this edition of the Small Business Surgeon. Man, I am so happy today to announce our guest. We have got the uh, the owner and founder of WinRate Consulting, the host of uh, the Big Stud Sales Podcast, um, Mr. Mike Claudio with us today on Small Business Surgeon. Mike, welcome how you doing what's up
1: man appreciate it appreciate you being here taking the time having me on this is awesome
0: man i've followed you online for for quite some time now um i'm I'm very impressed with your deadlift amounts man how much how much were you picking up this morning on video on facebook
1: that was uh 425 for five
0: so if you've ever got a a puncture in your car and you don't have a jack with you mike (laughs) is the uh, mike's Mike's my
1: consulting second as car (laughs) jack got it
0: (laughs) dude yeah, no, that's, that work. that's seriously impressive and, and we, i, I want to touch on that here in, in a little while obviously but i mean you are the owner of a consulting business now that that, does, that specializes in uh, in the home industry that's right
1: that's correct yeah i primarily coach uh, home service companies contractors trades companies basically if you sell a product or service to a homeowner you're my you're my target audience
0: Dude, that's that's awesome and then the big stud sales podcast as well i've gotten uh, i've actually gotten a lot of value out of that here over the last couple that's of good yeah. <laughs> I means it's working i guess <laughs> you
1: say that like so surprised like no um, no.
0: um yeah, but honestly, there's some podcasts that I listen to that are like, uh, yeah, we probably should switch this over. But um, yours, yours is up there. I was, I was actually quite surprised with it. Um, you know, the, and then you look at it and you're on 60, 70 episodes, and obviously you've got some some time behind the microphone because you've got a couple of podcasts. But no, it's yeah. it's it's a nice surprise when, when I actually dial into one and I get value that I've not discovered before. So that that is good. And, and guys, go check out Mike's uh, podcast over at Big Start uh, Sales. So. Man, did you always have like an entrepreneurial spirit then, or did you just kind no. of stumble into it one day? Because uh, I stumbled
1: into it. I know you. Um,
0: I know you started out in sales. Oh.
1: I started out in corporate America. So, my mom's a teacher. My dad has been in corporate America, like sales, sales leadership, for his whole career. Like my both my parents pushed the college and corporate America and have the safe job and be comfortable and and go that route. And I tried it. Yeah. i gave it my all you know i i failed out of college college didn't work out for me um so i got a job in corporate america i worked for verizon wireless for almost 10 years and i you know went through the ranks did retail sales retail management b2b sales b2b like enterprise sales when i started at verizon i was at, i was a guy at the retail store at the counter getting yelled at because the bill was wrong and <laughs> when, I left, and when i left verizon you know, my clients were u.s airways volvo you know some big international companies um, so I kind of like ran the gamut on sales environments. I did small business. I did large business. I did retail. So that just like gave me a lot of experience, but I mean, I got burnt out on the corporate games, the hierarchy, the, the just wasn't for me. I wasn't, it, what, I did not like what my life was going to look like if I stayed there. And I always had a passion for the remodeling industry. So I, but I did not know what entrepreneurialism was, um, until, you know, the early like 2010s, like 2010, oh, wow. 2011, where i mean i knew what business owners were because i sold to them but i didn't understand it because i was always taught brought up and around corporate america Mm -hmm. Um, but when i left corporate america i went to work for a i left a 70 billion dollar company to go work for a dude doing 300 grand a year in gross sales
0: how scary was that
1: i mean looking back it was fucking retarded um, <laughs> <laughs> at the time at the time not knowing anything about it and knowing but knowing I was done with corporate America and this got me into an industry that I enjoyed because I sold uh, to the construction industry for a big part of my career mm-hmm. like when I when I first got into b2b sales I, I was selling to the construction vertical so like I got to meet a lot of great people I like the family stories and I always want to work for a small bit a smaller business so this guy was like all of those things. So at the time, it was like, it, I when I turn a switch, when I decide it's this is just what I'm going in. Yeah, I don't have that wavering. I do my research, I do I make a decision. And once I do, and that's really what where a lot of my success comes in. Now, and I think a lot of people struggle is like, I'm just in and I'm going to go in and I'm going to make it what it, I'm gonna do the best I can win, fail or indifferent, and I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah. So there really wasn't any fear for now looking back i'm like man that was a really dumb decision but it (laughs) got me to where i am today so i don't regret it but like at the time there wasn't fear it was there was things i wanted to understand there were conversations me and my wife had about the what ifs and the worst case scenarios and i judge everything that way every decision i've ever made has has been like what is the absolute worst case scenario Mm -hmm. what is the like an average upside like not like if it, everything goes perfectly, like hey, like yeah. what's the realistic upside, and what's the absolute worst case scenario? What's the and if worst the, that can go wrong? And if the average success is is not as is like outweighs the absolute worst case scenario, I'm all in. I'm just I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna release. I'm gonna jump all in. I'm gonna dive into the pool, and I'm gonna figure out as I go. And I'm not sure where that confidence came from because <laughs> I, it was it was very much ignorant confidence because I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. But I was like, I took over sales marketing and estimating for a remodeling company with zero experience. And within six months, I was running the whole thing.
0: Right, Dude, that, that, that's incredible. And you know, it's like, I like that thing, what's the worst that can happen? A lot of people get hung up on that, you know, but like if you're starting out at zero, the worst you can go to is zero. You just lose a little bit of time, lose a little bit of effort. So, um, a lot of times, people look at uh, decisions. And they don't realize that they've really got a lot less to lose. And the worst. Well, and I think
1: a lot of people overweigh the worst case impact. Yeah. Like the worst my is not worst case. My worst case scenario was we'd lose the house. i we'd go we'd we'd figure a, a place to live, and I mm-hmm. would go get a job, and then well, we would buy another house. Mm-hmm. Like, does that suck? Yeah, it sucks. But like, is that going to impact the rest of my life? Absolutely not.
0: Exactly. And so, yeah, a lot of people, they don't dig into, well, what's really the worst that can happen? How bad is it? And, you know, it's not really, it's more of a risk to to sit at home and and keep that corporate job a lot of the time. But, uh, dude, you must've made some mistakes getting into, uh, you know, jumping into that. Do do you have anything that you kind of ran into that was unexpected when you walked into that, uh, into that environment? So the
1: biggest mistake I made and I'm not going to call it a mistake. It was the ignorant side. Yeah. I just assumed I was going to go work for this. My buddy, mm-hmm. we were going to sail off into the sunset and pass the business off to my kids. Like that was like, that was it. I was going to grow this business. We were going to live happily. We we're going to eat well. We we're going to make money. We we're going to have a good time. And at some point I'm going to give that to one of my kids. Like that was my vision. Right. I didn't I didn't know any better like let's go grow a business and hopefully <laughs> we're around for a while was my thing and so like three years in so put it into context I took him like the year I started we he did I started at the end of the year but we did about 300,000 in gross sales my second year there we did 2.5 million <laughs>
0: that's and that's... so a lot
1: a lot of mistakes a lot of issues in the problem but then I was like we're winning right right year three he's like dude i I don't really want to i don't want a business this big i don't really want to have to work this hard so we're gonna scale back a little bit Hmm. and he wasn't firing me he was just saying like hey i want you to kind of pump the brakes on the sales and like maybe we can find something else for you to do and that's not
0: really what a sales
1: guy wants to hear bro i was like i looked right i was like you're i'm a business development professional and you're Mm -hmm. asking me to stop developing business i'm gonna have to find something else because i'm not interested in being a project manager yeah Right. And so because I'm not really a salesperson, my expertise is in business development. Mm-hmm. I am an expert at, at growing businesses, finding ways to get, find more clients, finding relationships. And there's a lot of salespeople that think they're business development until you take their lead sources away.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. No they're,
1: they're, they're not salespeople. They're order takers. I mm-hmm. hand you a, a warm lead and you you know how to communicate enough to close the deal on somebody who's interested. I'm an expert at finding people who don't know who I am and selling them things. I love that. So like, I'm not interested in just taking leads. I want to go build something. I want to be creative. I want to find a unique way to solve the problem of growing the revenues. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is what I hope most of my clients with now. It's not sales process. It's how are you building your brand to the right people, creating a message that matters, that drives the right results. That's what I do. Love it. So but so I had to move on. Like, but that was a huge lesson. That was a blow to my ego. Cause I had done my job. I grew the business. I sold a bunch of stuff and it didn't work out. And like in corporate America, when you do that stuff and you're just a leader and you just sell real good, you just get rewarded forever. Right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, there, there, there's not an end to the rewards. I, I had a wildly successful career at Verizon. I was I, I, very blessed. I have, I made a lot of money. I spent a lot of money. I was a kid, right? Yeah. We all do. I, <laughs> you know, so, but you you never like outgrow and outlive the success of the business because you you can't outsell Verizon Wireless, right? <laughs> you can't. So this is my first experience. And like, I literally broke a business. Like I broke it by selling too much too fast. I didn't right. know that was a thing. And like realizing that lesson and making the mistake of not digging more into the, I didn't have a backup plan. I was kicking ass. We were growing fast. We were making good money. Like I just assumed we were just going to keep doing that. Right. I, and so like i'm not gonna sure it's a mistake but that was a really really hard lesson to learn because i realized that working for somebody else mm-hmm. puts a lot of risk on my plate I and like that, that was when i learned that lesson of i i can't i can't rely on other people to keep up with me
0: man and that now i mean shit you just about run the gamut on uh on helping other guys build their businesses and uh, there's no breaks on what you do dude it's uh it's 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 really it's it's amazing to watch so let's just say that i've got me a construction company and i'm just starting out what advice are you going to give to me or one of my listeners as an entrepreneur that's all right, I've got, I got a roofing company. Let's do let's do roofing because uh, half the guys in Apex do roofing. Let's let's. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, let's build a roofing. No, company. but like
1: so. Ironically, you say that because when I left that remodeling company, I went and grew a roofing company from two to six million. <laughs> so I'm very good at this um
0: yeah what's the first piece of advice you give to a guy starting out i've got i've got some nails and some shingles let's go
1: i think i think anybody it doesn't matter the industry it doesn't matter the business type i think everybody overestimates the complexity of finding clients they think there's like this game, this marketing, I got to spend money, I got to get leads, I got to run ads. Like, no, pick up the phone and call one person. You know, don't say, hey, I'm doing roofing now. Want to see if you knew anybody that might need some roofing services. And don't stop making fucking phone calls until you find somebody to give you money and then you go build a business. Because so many people like put all this money into the office and the business cards and the website and the trucks and the wraps. Okay, let's go find a client now. And you just built $100,000 a year in overhead as opposed to go find a client and then build from that person on.
0: I I love it. I love it. My God. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the same with anything. You don't have a problem until you've got a client to service. You don't need a exactly. business card. You don't need a website. Oh my God, if I could get that through. Uh, to some, some I mean, but I made that
1: mistake too. Like I'm not gonna like did, I did we, it. That's
0: why. All, that's why I know. We all I had the, you know, my 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 first uh, remodel come. I, you know, I flipped houses in my 20s, and I, I got the truck and I put the stickers on the truck and I got the t-shirts. when I got the business cars. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go get some business. Where in reality, if I'd have just talked to some people I knew and asked them if they needed any remodel work doing I'd have got on a hell of a lot quicker and spent a, a lot hell less, lot quicker and a no lot less money. You're... Yeah, and. Yeah, it's
1: so I'm gonna put it into context. Like my entire approach is relationship building. Absolutely. And, and over the course of five years, I sold somewhere between ten and twelve million dollars worth of remodeling projects, mm-hmm. like just construction projects. It wasn't all remodel, but like ten and, between ten and twelve million dollars in in construction projects with an average project value of somewhere between probably between thirty and forty grand. So like it wasn't like a couple. It wasn't like two five million dollar projects. Right, like this right. was a lot of work. I did not spend a dollar on marketing or advertising. Not one
0: dude, that's, that's strong. Everything
1: I did was about meeting the right people, creating a message that mattered to them so that they would build a no like and trust factor with me. So they would bring me the exact type of clients I wanted.
0: That's, um, I that's how I would...
1: I've built win rate. That's how like, I own a demo and grading company. Now I started in September. I have an Instagram account for the grading company. Uh-huh. That has 250 followers right. The rec- at this recording, right? About 30 to 40 posts. I've made a quarter million dollars from that Instagram account.
0: That's insane. By That's putting insane. the right
1: message in front of the right people consistently, and not even fast, not even long, like within the first you know two two quarters, a quarter million dollars in leads from the Instagram account because I put my name in front of the right people and said the right thing.
0: That's absolutely outstanding. You know the the power of the group and the power of putting the right message in front of people is just it's something that a lot of a lot of people really overlook. And so they just overcomplicate. They try and make it about them and it's oh not, my God, we've yes. been in business for
1: thirty years Nobody and we cares. have the best No, here's the here's the best thing. We operate with integrity and put the client first. That's not competitive. That only works if the if your competition is saying, Hey, do business with at your own risk. We might take advantage of you. Yeah. No, people want to hear who you are and what you do and how you solve problems and why you solve problems that way. And like, what do you do at the office and who's at your business? How can I trust you're a real person? Pictures of flooring and before and afters is not helping you.
0: God, just So you're it's you're gotta be,
1: you gotta be building a personal brand that people can like buy into people like stories. Mm-hmm. People like hearing about people, people buy people, not brands. They buy people. And people like, no, man, Mike, people, people buy brands. If people bought brands, Nike wouldn't need athletes in their commercials. Correct. They would have shoes, Mm -hmm. but they don't. They paid millions and tens of millions of dollars to put people in their commercials because people buy people, not products and services. I love it.
0: I love it. I do this all
1: day. It's so passionate about this shit. Cause I'm so tired of watching people lose because they get sold on this like marketing strategy, pick up the phone and call somebody.
0: It's, it's absolutely incredible, man. I mean, you know, I I know
1: people that spend five to $10,000 a month on SEO and Google services. If you're spending five to $10,000 a month on Google services, hire a business development professional, pay them a hundred thousand dollars a year. And you would save money.
0: I guarantee it, man. This is just, it's so refreshing to run into somebody that, that thinks along the same lines, dude. And it's probably because we've read a lot of the same books and had a lot of the same experiences. And, you know, my clients come to me making those mistakes, those exact mistakes. They want to post pictures of the before and after us, oh, see what we did to this floor, but they don't know you. You know, the reason um, I was so excited to get you on my podcast is because of following you on social media I feel like I already know you I already like you and I already trust you and if somebody yep. said hey who do I need to get for this remodel at this particular spot in this place I would holler at Mike and I would say hey man how do, how do you how do you uh, vet this guy I trust your judgment and it's uh it's really man it, it's so good <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to speak to somebody that just gets it Dude, I mean, the the number of conversations I have with my clients about building the likable, attractive character and establishing trust within a network, because that's what's that's what sells now. Nowadays, it's happening. And and
1: here's the problem. And I run this a lot like people don't believe it can be that simple. So they don't buy into the process to get there because it's not fast. It's I didn't think it was that easy. But, but you can pay somebody to get leads right now but they're not quality you want to build a real brand it's going to take three to six months of daily effort not yes, a lot sir. but it's gonna take three to six months not mm-hmm. difficult not challenging tasks time people suck at patience you know like in my coaching business i created this from scratch i was nobody two and a half years ago mm-hmm. nobody And like the first year in 2018, I did like $15,000 in revenue. And then 2019, I did like $130,000 in revenue. And then 2020, I did like 350. In 2021, I'll probably do like 800.
0: It's incredible.
1: From content only.
0: It's all from being yourself. It's all
1: from documenting myself. Mm -hmm. That's what people try to create content. They try to be something they're not. Dude, if you listen to my podcast, you listen to me on guests on other podcasts, you watch my YouTube channel, you go into my stories, you go to my Facebook group, I'm the same person everywhere. I just document what I believe, the problems I solve, how I solve them that way, and why I solve them that way. And over time, people begin to trust you because you're consistent. There's so few people that buy into the long game that everybody's fly by night at this point because they give up in a year or two
0: i totally get it mate it's... and so
1: i'm here for the i'm gonna be here for a while buckle in everybody <laughs> you're just getting i'm just getting started
0: well I love right it. I'm, I'm coming with you dude i love it i love it i mean shit. i've been doing this three and a half years i finally got serious about about a year ago and i, I was it was Thomas Keenan, I was I was with, and he said it's you are growing because you are making power moves and not forced moves. So I could pay for leads all I want, but that's a forced move. By putting this content out, by documenting what, and shit, I'll put like, uh, I cooked a steak the other day, and here's how it came out, and I get like 50 likes on a picture of a fucking steak. But it, it humanizes me. It makes me real. You know, plus I make a, a pretty badass steak too, if uh, if I can get down to that. <laughs> But, um, dude. So, in going back through your uh, through your online stuff and kind of stalking you a little bit, listening to your podcast, yeah, you, you weren't always such a, a fucking beast, were you? Um, you've had a little bit of uh, a little bit of the uh, the old weight loss uh <laughs> <you>. <laughs> so i've uh, got i got a few questions to ask about that but um you're pretty uh, you're pretty lean right now um yeah I'm not going to lie i was a little bit uh, envious of those uh, videos you were posting this morning um but take us through your little weight loss journey there cuz you've uh, you've come a really long way haven't you
1: yeah i mean i was i i stopped getting on the scale at like 310 i would guess i probably got to 320 325 somewhere in that range mm-hmm. um and then one day I just was tired of hurting. Like it hurts being that big. It's you're sore, your joints hurt, you're ripping pants. It's tough to walk upstairs. Like that is like, I was a four sport athlete growing up, like into okay. high school, I played baseball in college. And when I stopped, when I lost sports, I failed out of college freshman year. I didn't, I don't have a degree. I, I literally, I, I probably have more college credits from high school than I did from college. Wow. Um, and so like when I lost sports, eating drinking bad decisions all that kind of stuff lack of activity and i ballooned up i mean pretty quickly working retail hours was was wasn't helpful i didn't i wasn't good at making good decisions that's the bottom line i was not good at making good decisions and i just started deciding i just made a decision like i talked about i I, when i go all in i go all in like i'm just this is now the new norm i'm just that's over this is now this is it um and do i i mean i'm not always like Perfect at that, but like that's the, <laughs> that's the general mindset, um, yeah. and so like I just decided I was gonna start losing weight, and you know I I got down to like in the low two twenties, I'm hovering around like two thirty five right now, which I think is a good comfortable weight for my build with the amount of muscle mass I carry around, mm-hmm. um, because I like being strong, like it's kind of like I've always been big Mike, you know, so it's like <laughs> I kind of like yeah. I don't want to be skinny, like so this year, like so it's actually a good story, so chasing the scale chasing the scale chasing the scale chasing the scale right I didn't want the scale to tell me I was fat anymore it kind of went like it was one of these right up and downs but like, uh-huh. you know every year I've gone like I started the year a little lower like you know year one I was at 320 year two I was probably 290 you know and so on and so forth and I you know I would hit some plateaus where I was like 270 for I think like two years and I was like, fuck it. Let's get to the next level. And I was in the two forties for a while. And then I said, fuck it. Let's get to the next level. And now I'm like uh, hovering around 230 for the last like year or two. Um, but then this year I decided I'm, I'm not going to get on the scale. I'm going to track body fat percentage. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to change. I'm going to change the scoreboard so that I can judge the success differently. Mm-hmm. Cause I think a lot of people, like I use this term a lot. So like win rate consulting is my business a champion circles part one of my small groups oh, the winning mindsets my mastermind group I'm about winning and helping people win like that's my thing yeah so a lot of in sports right it's people look at the scoreboard to determine how we're doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think people who don't track their numbers appropriately people who don't understand what they're looking at they don't understand how to diagnose wins and losses they judge the success of their business on things that are out of their control where i'll use like the bank account or close deals as opposed to the activity done to get there like i'm all about falling in love with the process right so i decided to change my scoreboard this year and it's i'm still struggling with it a little bit but um because i've actually gained weight this year but i'm down three percent body fat
0: that's that's a that
1: is a mind fuck for me man i'm over here going like bro i don't want to get on the scale because it's going up and (laughs) it's like um, but like, I, so I'm judging it differently because I want to have a healthier relationship with my body image, with my weight. Cause once you're the fat guy, you're like always the fat guy. And you always like, feel like you're the fat guy and clothes never fit right. Like I'm wearing size 34 jeans right now at my biggest, I was a 46.
0: Oh, dude. Wow. That's, a, that's, that's, and, over but, a but foot. I still
1: look in the mirror and like, dude, you're still kind of chunky. right and so like i beat myself i'm hard on myself i beat myself up but like i would never thought i'd be in 34 jeans again right right so for me it's for me bro it's legit i was i was a giant human (laughs) Uh, i was i was big but but like for me it's like so i changed the scoreboard so i can i can come out with a different approach and i can make that pivot right because i've yeah, you know, basically 10 years or so has been the journey. And I've always judged the weight on the scale as my determining factor. And anybody that, that carries a lot of muscle knows like when you squat heavy, you're going to weigh six to seven pounds more tomorrow because of water weight, mm-hmm. like your muscles hold muscles hold a lot of water. So when you work a muscle heavy, you're gonna like I dealt 425 for five, I guarantee I'm three to five pounds heavier tomorrow. That's I just guarantee it. i can feel it in my jeans my legs are swollen today like it's just that's just how it happens right but when i'm judging my happiness based on that number it impacts everything i'm doing right And a lot of business owners just i like kind of wrap this little put a little bow on this you can't judge your business by the bank account like you can't judge your business on like, do i have enough money for payroll this week no do you make the calls Did you network? Did you make the post? Did you make the send the estimates out? Did you, did you follow up like you were supposed to? Because you can't control who pays and who doesn't. You can't control who signs a contract and who doesn't. You can't control who cancels last minute and who doesn't, but you can control the work you do every day to make sure that you stay successful. Amen. So if you look at it as like how many calls I need to make or how many follow-ups I need to make or how many proposals I need to send, that's your your real scoreboard because you can control those outcomes.
0: I love it. Cause in
1: business, it's not, it's not you versus them. It's you versus you from yesterday.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you'd be, I'll, I'll get no, off my soapbox. Right no, there. Get back on it, dude. I love, I love hearing <laughs> this because, um, you know, a, a lot of my guys that, that listen are going to really uh, dig in and get a lot out of this, man. This is, uh, this is great, uh, that you're sharing this with us because, um, you really do get the fact that it's just repeated fundamentals, are uh, the way to keep score. And keeping doing those things over and over and over consistently and keeping making those calls and keeping following up with those leads and keeping going to those network events and keeping making that content and putting it all out consistently is really what matters. And the checking account will always follow the work. Um, And yeah, you have weeks where you're like, shit, can I make payroll? Oh, well, these guys didn't pay and these guys didn't pay. But then if you've done the work, there's a couple more invoices outstanding and somebody will pay and it it, it always gets taken care of. Um, But I really think that uh, you you hit the nail on the head there with actually digging in, dude, and and doing the work. And and most people don't see it like that. They just, uh, they constantly keep score with their checking accounts. But in that vein, um, you know, you've got a lot of people like looking up to you now and you've got uh, a lot of stuff that you've achieved using like the simplicity of consistency over time. So give us a couple of tips, man. How do you manage to stay disciplined as the motivation wanes? Cause we all get that little bit of motivation initially and then it, uh, it tends to drop off and discipline has to stay over, uh, take over there. So, so what do you do to stay so disciplined? keep on.
1: Track. So I get this question a lot because like, so there are very successful people that tell me that I'm the most disciplined person they've ever met. I, I seen like, that
0: coming through your, uh, yeah. Looking through I your don't, online stuff.
1: I don't know that to be like, this is just how I do things. So I don't compare myself to anybody. Right. But mm-hmm. cool. Awesome. Here's why I think I've kind of narrowed it down to this. I think the people who lose discipline, their, their goals and dreams aren't big enough like my goals are bigger than my excuses. So my excuses don't don't win because the goal is more important. The goal is bigger, it's more, it's more impactful because my dreams and my goals for what I want to accomplish in this life are so big, I don't have time to like waver. I don't have time for excuses. I don't have time to not do the work because it's gonna take me my whole life to accomplish what I want to accomplish. So my goals being so big Gets me out of bed every morning at three fifty-five in the morning. I get up every morning at three fifty-five.
0: I'm that's, at the gym at four thirty, I, every day. I, I saw you were the the first video I saw this morning as I was up at uh, I was up at five fifteen, and I'm like, man, <laughs> he's already, yeah, he's I mean, already I, out there. And, and, you know? it,
1: and so that's I think that's where most people miss. They don't know what they're working for. They don't know what they're working towards. And if you don't know why you're working, there's nothing to pull you through those days you don't want to because you don't know why you're doing it. And so if you're struggling with discipline and consistency, figure out why you're doing what you're doing. Because I, I was just having this conversation with a client today, and it doesn't even be about big stuff. Like he wants to start a podcast. And I'm like, why? Yes. Because it's not fun all the time. It's not easy all the time. Why do you want to start a podcast? Because you're not going to want to continue if you don't know why you're doing it. You're going to run out of, you're going to run out of energy if you don't know why you're doing it. The same thing with a business, with a relationship, with an initiative, with whatever. If you don't know why you're doing it, it's hard to sustain the the the, the dips. Right? Yeah, and it's perfect. Yeah. Dude, I, I create an obnoxious amount of content. And I don't care. I know it. it's 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 a it's a chore you know at three years in i'm still doing three podcasts a week on average two youtube videos 10 posts a week 15 stories a day Podcasts, you know instagram facebook facebook group i still prospect i still outbound i still three years
0: it's work dude daily activity they don't realize it. Talking of which, so I'm gonna snap a picture of us right now for content. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Sorry, quick show pause.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, you gotta put it on. But like, but for for me, it's it's the discipline. All right, so I'll, I'll go back to I am a huge, I am a giant creature of habit. Mm-hmm. I will get addicted to alcohol just as fast as I'll get addicted to the gym. When I'm in, I'm all in. I think it did. I earned 320 pounds, man. I ate my ass off. Yeah. I drank like shit, ate like shit, did like I was all in. Like I was just, it, I be, it became the habit, like the wine, the beer, the burgers, everything it became habit. So I have to stay disciplined because it's easy for me to like, if I pivot, it's not like a, I'm going to have a couple drinks this weekend and I'm cool. It'll be all of a sudden, it'll be a, two or three months later, I'm having a drink every night again. Right. And I know right. that about myself. So, like, I don't let myself waver for two reasons. One, the goals and dreams are so big, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I think you'll appreciate this. As a business coach, I can't have an off day.
0: No, you can't. Dude. I can't
1: talk to a client next week and be like, hey, man, you know that thing I told you to do last week? Yeah, don't do that. That was a terrible idea. I was just hung <laughs> over, man. It was a bad day. I can't I, – I don't I – don't, like, I take my job very seriously. Like, I have – 33 coaching clients right now. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Every one of those people, every one of their family members, every one of their employees are counting on me to do my job so that they win. Yes. And I take that job very seriously. So my clients have access to me pretty much on an as needed basis. Mm -hmm. I can't be like, hey, man, sorry, I can't help you with that fire right now. I'm a little drunk. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: hey man i'm a little i'm a little tired yeah no kidding hey man i'm not feeling it today sorry i know right now there are people that say that shit all the time to their employees yeah
0: no, they'll say it's they're right. like
1: they'll just they'll, they'll 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 create the excuse of man i just really need to have a night and like really you know i really need to take the edge off every time you take the edge off you dull your axe how effective is a dull axe
0: unless you're using it as a club it's not you know dude so this is i like- stay
1: sharp I stay sharp because my 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 wife, my children, my clients expect that of me. And if I look, if I can't lead me, how the hell am I gonna lead other people? Hey man,
0: man, I love it. And I hadn't realized that that's that, that that's where I'm at. It's um you've gotta be on all the time. You've got to like like Stuman says, we've got to represent what winning looks like at all times. You know, we've we've got to be the guys that these guys look up to. Man, I uh, I really um, I really appreciate you laying that out there. I hadn't seen it as quite that obvious, but it really is. They, these these guys look up to us. Our clients look up to us. You know,
1: and it's it's I'm I'm a really big proponent of I'm not going to ask somebody else to do something I'm not willing to do, mm-hmm. and I'm also very interested in failing forward for my clients. Like, I'll jump into a new thing or try something new and be willing to work through it so that I can help coach other people through it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I mean, like, I started a nonprofit last year,
0: I I started a grading
1: company last year. I I coach full time. I I'm you know I, I'm, I try new things on a regular basis so I can help other people accomplish the goal. Dude, I love right? love, so, love
0: your nonprofit. I love it. Um, yeah, appreciate it. Dude, talk, you know, we've,
1: and we've had wild success with it already. It's really cool.
0: Talk to us for a minute before sorry, I sorry to get you off track on these on these on this goal accomplish. Talk to us for a minute about the nonprofit and tell me the story of that because that is just I love how um, everybody's kind of jumped on board with it. And, um, you know, the, the, the message you guys have and all the good you're doing, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the, the nonprofit you've got going on.
1: All right. So my wife and I, at the end of every year for years, for as long as we've been together, whether we had money or had a great year or not, we always make an intention at the end of the year to balance our blessings. because We're blessed. Even when we don't feel it, we're blessed. And we know that. So at the end of every year, we try to give back in a way saying, God blessed us let's go bless some people. We want to balance our blessings. We got it in, let's go put it out. Let's well, so have a five-year-old and two-year-old. And so this, in 2020, we said, let's get them involved in it. And it was just like about, it was a family thing. We we're just going to do it as a family. And right. so I asked MJ, who's my five-year-old like, Hey man, what do you love right now? Cause I want him to be excited about being a part of it. He goes, man, I really like my shoes. I was like, okay, you're a five-year-old. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to donate a hundred pair of shoes. Will you help me buy a hundred pair of shoes for other kids this year? And he was all about it. We were all excited about it. And then I was driving home from the gym one day going, why am I limiting it to a hundred? And why am I limiting it to this year? That's not how Mike Claudio or win rate does things. Right. So I Googled how to start a nonprofit. I followed the steps and started a nonprofit.
0: <laughs> as easy as that. Huh?
1: That's it. Dude. And I, I made the announcement. I, we basically released it. It took me about six weeks to go through the process. Um, we, we released it kind of made an announcement the day after thanksgiving you know right now we're at the end of we're middle of march we've raised fifty thousand dollars and sent out almost 500 pairs of shoes that's insane because
0: i just decided to do a little work yeah I, I love that man and I, you know one of my one of my life goals is a charity one of my life goals is a nonprofit. that's it seems to be a natural evolution amongst uh, amongst the 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 guys like us but um the fact that you've taken it from um just 100 shoes to now how many pairs of shoes will fifty thousand dollars buy how many lives are you going to change this year
1: well the goal is one hundred fifty thousand dollars and 1500 pairs is the goal for this year so uh, my goal is to spend about fifty dollars a pair because i want to give like shoes kids are like proud to wear yes not that like cheap shoes are cheap but like i'm sending nikes and adidas and like good looking shoes out Mm-hmm. So my goal is to spend about $50 a pair. If you want to learn more about the lesson and what we're behind, it's just mm-hmm. Um, That's where the website you can go to. So there's two things that I'm looking for. On that website, there's a form for you to submit a kid in need. So like 50% of the kids we've gotten were anonymously submitted through the website that I haven't even pushed out there. Oh, wow. Which is really cool. Um, but yeah, so I spent about $50 a pair is the goal.
0: Dude, that that's great so I'll have to put that on my uh, on my donation list for this year man because um, yeah that, appreciate that- it no, nah, I mean, it's, it's it's really when, when again, my charity was, was going to be kid-centric as well. I mean, when you get to a certain point in life, you start looking behind you. So, sorry, start looking backwards and going, hey, you know what? It's not necessarily about me and all the shit I can get. It's about looking at who's coming next and uh, what good we can do for the generation and the generations that are following us and coming in our, our, our stead. So, I mean, man, by, by just by giving out shoes, you, you know what kind of a a change. I mean, when I was in high school, man, the, the shoes you had on almost defined you, you know, if where you had Nike's, if you, I think Reebok were the big ones where uh, when I was a kid, the Reebok pumps, man, if you had those, you were, you were the man. And but I mean,
1: like, you, it's amazing how many kids I've been introduced to that have never even had a pair of shoes that fit right. Wow. Like, yeah, you, you like we take for granted, like, well, oh, I don't have I don't have the nicest shoes, but they fit. Mm-hmm and they're like whole they're not they're not like missing pieces yeah like and so when we when we finally made the decision to move forward with the champion shoes and make shoes our thing it's i was like how can you replicate the confidence in a elementary middle school kid like putting on a new pair of shoes
0: and i don't think you can i mean there's there's nothing like it like Nothing. even in elementary school, I can I can remember a kid taking off his Reeboks and showing everybody that he got these shoes, and they made him run really fast because they were really yeah. light shoes. We must have been six or seven years old, but it's like you know, it's like the guy showing up at work with the the, the new Corvette. You know, that there's no real way to to replicate the feeling inside of a child of, of brand new shoes among his peers. I mean, you know, so man, it's just an awesome awesome thing uh that you are doing out there man i i really really do love it and i'm i'm glad i'm glad you got to come and uh, and talk to my guys uh, yeah to... appreciate
1: you uh bringing it up i mean i'm i'm clearly passionate about it i mean i wish i could put more effort into it but you know it's one of four businesses i'm running right now so it's but like man. we raised like we raised like 5 or 10 grand in this year so far with just people that are in the ecosystem just talking about it sharing about it being about it which you know, so we i have like you know we got i got like 12 or 15 shoe orders or you know recipient requests in the last two weeks yes. so we'll order those next week and get them sent out so it's like we did something we did the work we gave an opportunity for others to give and they delivered
0: it's 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 great man it's most people great.
1: want to support stuff mm-hmm. most people want to like give back so when you give them an opportunity to they jump on it
0: yeah yeah no doubt i mean and it's it's like once you get to that level and you turn around, and you say, wow, I've got I've been blessed. I can turn around. and I can just because, you know, 250 bucks for me isn't really, you know, it's not earth shattering money. But to, to put five new pairs of shoes in front of five kids and see five kids faces light up. I mean, it's just Ra- you, wrap you your head
1: around this, wrap your head yeah. around this, because uh, that's a good example of what five pairs of shoes can do to somebody that hmm. we were introduced to a young woman who high school age, middle school, high school age. She wears a size 14 men's double wide shoe.
0: That's, that's quite the shoe. Not only,
1: not only are they, they can't afford them because those shoes are expensive. You can't yeah. find you can't them. Get
0: those. Yeah.
1: You can't get those. Uh-uh. She had one pair of 12s.
0: Oh man. That had to hurt.
1: And so we brought her five pairs of shoes. Wow. So your $250, give mm-hmm. or take, changed her life. I mean, a woman of that size has enough problems. Yeah, no doubt. Having shoes that fit right shouldn't be one of them. But there are a lot of people like that. And I'm hoping I'm hoping that that gives her the confidence to decide that she can change her life. I'm hoping that like, a pair of these shoes... Cause we actually put a handwritten note in every box of shoes we send out that says, we believe you are capable. Go be a champion.
0: Yes. I love it.
1: And so I'm hoping some kid takes that note, sticks it in his mirror in his bedroom and wakes up every day and believes it because there are people out there who have never heard you are capable of something.
0: Man, that's powerful stuff, dude. And
1: I'm hoping to just... make a major impact with this. Like, can I, do I want to put more time into it? Sure. Are there more efficient ways that I'm doing? Sure. But I'll go to a rack room around the corner and spend $5,000 on shoes and walk out with several hundred pairs. And, I, and is there a more cost effective way? Probably get mm-hmm. off my nuts about it. I'm doing something. <laughs> you want an opinion about how I'm doing it? Do it differently yourself. Everybody's it. got an opinion when you start doing something. There's a lesson for business owners. <laughs> the minute you start doing something, everybody all of a sudden has an opinion about how you're doing it. Hey, you have a way to do it differently? Do it yourself. Get off my nuts.
0: I love it. Yeah. Dude, they say money can't buy happiness, but uh, it can if you give it away. That's fair. I like that. I'm gonna steal that. (laughs) I'm stealing that. I'm taking. That's going on a shirt somewhere. (laughs) Take it. It's all yours. But it genuinely can. I mean, I enjoy spending money on other people and uh, seeing the happiness and seeing stuff. Because again, 250 bucks ain't gonna change my life one way or another. But man, to give. Well, if you're
1: like Sam and you like giving money away, at (laughs) championshoes.org is the place to go to do that a little, little sales go. pitch there for yeah, you.
0: No, get, dude, get to it, man. I've I've I've, en, I've enjoyed just wow. It's been it's been it's been a great show. I know we're running low on time, Mike. I know we got to get this wrapped up, dude. Um before we get off of here, man, tell my guys where they can find you both you uh professionally with Winrate Consulting and again plug this shoe company one more time buddy, before we get off of here.
1: Yeah, so a champion shoes championsshoes.org is the nonprofit profit um, I'm at WinRate Consulting, W-I-N-R-A-T-E Consulting on Instagram is my primary engagement platform. Um, Big Stud Podcast is my podcast. Mike Claudio on YouTube. Um, but really, if you want to get to me, you want to have a conversation, you want to figure out how to get involved at WinRate Consulting on Instagram is the best place to find me.
0: Mike. Man, I can't say enough great things about you and about having you on the show, man. It's been- Do you really want to be good? honest?
1: That was a fire episode. That was a good episode. Like, I've been a part of a lot of, of interviews and I feel like that was- we, we. You did a great job. We did a great job delivering on that one. So- Thanks, man. Thank I, you and congratulations, I, audience. You just got a masterclass from Samuel on how to get good people involved in your audience.
0: Well, dude, I really appreciate you coming on. And guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, you can catch us uh, on Friday Fire. Uh, this Friday, we'll have another uh, some more content for you. And once again, Mike Claudio, thank you for coming on the show, buddy. I will, uh, I will see you very soon, hopefully, in Dallas. And uh, guys, we'll catch you on the show next week. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you made it this far, you clearly liked it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share it with friends
1: and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry
0: in downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com. Ooh, yeah.